Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Matt Lombardo Show, part of the Stacking the Box podcast. Please welcome your host, Matt Lombardo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on into the Matt Lombardo Show right here inside Fansided Stacking the Box podcast feed. Of course, I am Matt Lombardo, Fansided's National NFL Insider. Great to have you here. And we're just 19 days away from the NFL draft as we record this on a Friday afternoon. It'll be here before you know it. So much to get into on this week's podcast as I'll give my current top 10 mock draft based on what I'm hearing and where things seem to stand ahead of the NFL draft. We've had some major developments in Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. Plus, we'll be joined by former Steeler, Jet, Buccaneer, and current free agent defensive tackle Steve McClendon. You won't want to miss that conversation. But first, as always, just a little bit of housekeeping for you. If you enjoy the podcast, if you like what you hear on the show, please go ahead and subscribe to Fansided Stacking the Box NFL Podcast. You get two great podcasts for the price of none. You get Mark Carmen and Matt Verderam on Stacking the Box every Tuesday. And on Fridays, you get the Matt Lombardo Show delivered to your iPhone, your Android, wherever you're listening to podcasts. So please subscribe to Stacking the Box in the Apple Podcast Store. And if you really enjoy this particular podcast if you like my analysis if you're a fan of the work if you enjoy the guests that come on week after week i'd really appreciate it if you went and left a five-star review for stacking the box and mentioned the matt lombardo show let me know what you like what you don't like maybe a guest or two that you'd like to hear from and i'll go try to get them on but those reviews really help grow the show they get it out there they drive more listeners to the podcast and it would really mean a lot if you took the time to leave a five-star review but let's just get right into it because the biggest story in the NFL this week is the bombshell that many expected was going to come. But finally, two coaches have joined Brian Flores' lawsuit against the league, alleging racially discriminatory hiring practices, as Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton both added their names to Flores' complaint. And there are some explosive allegations in that complaint. Horton claims that the Titans conducted a sham interview with him in 2016, and Mike Malarkey, who actually got that head coaching job of the Tennessee Titans, went on record agreeing with Horton's assessment. Wilkes, who, if you remember, was fired after just one season, and Steve Kime remains the Cardinals general manager to this day, alleges that he was hired by the Cardinals as a quote-unquote bridge coach and never really given a chance to succeed, which, you look at how it plays out at face value, It seems like that might have actually been what happened in Arizona. And in my opinion, when you look at the grand totality of what Flores is alleging, it just in his original claim, before Wilkes and Horton joined the lawsuit, just as someone who covers the league, it is entirely disappointing that the NFL owners would allegedly conduct sham interviews and take advantage of the spirit of the Rooney rule in this way. And I've spoken to assistant coaches of color around the NFL 
And they've told me what an uphill battle it is just to get an interview, how they feel locked into these assistant coaching roles because they don't have the equal footing and the equal opportunity and the same success that they have isn't viewed the same way as the success of their white counterparts when it comes time to advance to possibly become head coaches. So just overall, before these new developments hit this lawsuit, it's entirely disappointing that the NFL has operated this way for this long. And then you get to the meat of these new allegations and these new addendums into Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. What might be most damaging to the NFL, take the discriminatory hiring practices off the table for a minute. What might be most damaging to the league and Stephen Ross's status as an owner within it is Brian Flores' claim that he memorialized in 2019 detailed claims of Ross offering him money to lose games to effectively tank for Tua, and then he gave that memo to executives within the Miami Dolphins' front office. If this turns out to be true, if a court rules in favor of Flores, or even if the NFL ultimately investigates these claims, and it turns out that Ross did in fact instruct Flores to tank games and offered to pay him to do so, I don't know how the other 31 owners don't vote him out of the league. I don't know how the NFL doesn't force him to sell or at bare minimum come down with a far heavier hammer than Roger Goodell and the NFL did against Daniel Snyder with all of the allegations that are out there, all of the lawsuits about sexual misconduct and discrimination against Washington Commander's employees. If this turns out to be true, what Stephen Ross did in terms of just the competitive balance of the NFL, in terms of the reputation of the National Football League, to me, this rises to a level where he could lose that franchise because you're risking the integrity of the sport. You're risking the product. You're risking the NFL becoming the WWE. And sure, professional wrestling has an audience, but the NFL is a $10 billion behemoth that depends on the revenue of all 32 teams that split up around the entire league. Now, I don't know if this is true. I don't know that Ross offered to pay Flores to lose games. There will be a civil suit potentially reaching the civil courts to determine that. Maybe the NFL launches its own independent investigation. But if he did, if Ross did offer to pay money or even just instructed Flores to tank games, to lose games for the Miami Dolphins, if there are other executives within the Dolphins organization that will attest to Flores' allegations, I don't know how Ross remains one of the NFL's 32 owners, and owning an NFL franchise is the crown jewel of American capitalism. It's what people aspire to own at some point in their lives. And it seems to me that Stephen Ross has the potential and the risk of losing this. And it's one thing for the NFL to cozy up with sports books to generate gambling revenue. It's another for an owner to encourage his head coach to throw games. You're reaching lifetime ban territory. If these allegations bear out. And here's the other issue. You have sports books like DraftKings, Caesars, WinBet, FanDuel, who have all partnered with the NFL, all partnered with the various teams across the league as the official sports book of the Miami Dolphins, the official sports book of the New York Giants, the official sports book of the NFL. Those partnerships generate $1 billion worth of revenue. And if I'm those books, if I'm those websites, if I'm those apps, and there's an owner offering to fix games, now I have to wonder if I need to lodge a complaint against the Miami Dolphins, against Stephen Ross. 
Now I have to wonder if I have to ask the NFL to investigate whether other owners are putting the integrity of the sport, the integrity of my product, the integrity of my customers betting on these games at risk of betting on a sham. That's where I think you could find Stephen Ross's undoing. It's bad enough and it's immoral enough if Steve Wilkes's allegations against the Arizona Cardinals are true and he wasn't given a full chance to succeed as the head coach. If Roy Horton's allegations that his interview with the Tennessee Titans were a total sham and he never had the opportunity to become a head coach, those are all immoral things. Those are all reckonings that the NFL has to come to grips with, that the NFL has to find a solution to, that they need to find a way to create equal opportunities for all of the coaches in the National Football League, regardless of race, of skin color, of creed, of gender, of any of those things. But if you're the NFL, and you're the 31 owners, and Stephen Ross put the integrity of the game, of the outcome, of the sport at risk, that is the chance to rock the entire bedrock of the NFL's business. On the other side, we'll lighten it up a bit. We'll chat with former Buccaneers defensive tackle and current NFL free agent Steve McClendon right here on the Matt Lombardo Show inside Fansided Stack in the Box podcast feed. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in, and joining us, a conversation I'm really looking forward to, former Jet, former Steeler, former Buccaneer, current free agent defensive tackle, Steve McClendon joins us. Steve, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited about just a, a new day. Uh, super thankful for life. Um, so I'm, I'm extremely blessed. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's Masters weekend. The NFL draft is around the corner. Certainly a, a fun time to be alive. And certainly for the Buccaneers, it, it's been a fun month or so for Tampa Bay. And, you know, I know you're in that locker room. I know you won a Super Bowl ring with Tom Brady. And I'm just curious, as a, from a player's perspective, what was that like? What were your emotions like when you heard that he was coming back? I never really thought Tom Brady really retired. So I got to understand what he said when he came out and said, but I, I told everyone that the season hasn't started yet. So I'll just give him time to, to be able to just to relax. Man. Um, and like I always tell people, it's not over until it's really over. And, and you'll know when it's over when that first game is played and he doesn't show up, then, then it's over. But right now I just think, man, he was just enjoying the time off. Um, then he realized that he wanted to give it one more chance to, to win a Super Bowl. And he's going to be back on the field in that next Tampa Bay game. And it sounds like a lot of former teammates are as well. You're seeing guys take less money. Leonard Fournette tested the open market. He came back. You saw some other players sign for less money. And some people have kind of called that the Tom Brady effect. Have you ever seen in sports and even in the NFL, a player who commands that much respect that guys are willing to take less money to go back there? I mean, Tom is just different, man. Tom, like, this is my thing. You have an 80% chance of winning a Super Bowl playing with Tom. And that, that's how I feel. That's my personal opinion. And every time that you step on the field that you know he's going to give it y'all. So, like, when you know that you have a chance of getting to the postseason, um, you know you have a chance to play at the Super Bowl, um, that alone gives you that much sense of hope 
to want to do it with him. Um, like I said, that, that's just my personal beliefs and my opinion. Um, like I said, Thomas is a great guy. I just, what he demands to a team, what he brings to a team, um, is, is he's, he's a great man on and off the field. So that's so easy to be around. Um, but you see, you be, you're able to see greatness at its finest absolutely every day. You get to be on a team with a first ballot Hall of Famer every single day. Those are beautiful things. And along with all the, the great coaches and, and other great players that's in that facility, it's just like, for me, I just always thought it was just a blessing because there's so much great talent, great people, uh, great human beings. And on top of you got great coaches that are that are great, uh, great fathers, great husbands. So you get to see so much family-like oriented things in there, and they just want you to want you want to be a part of that. And like I said, is for me, it's one of the most amazing things just to be a part of. And, and you won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, and I'm always fascinated by guys and what they do with their Super Bowl rings. Like, are you wearing it to the grocery store and when you're out and about, and or is it a nice shelf somewhere that you can look at every time you walk in a certain hallway in your house? Where's Steve McClendon's Super Bowl ring? In a safe. There you go. <laughs> hey, I, I, I barely wear it weird. I wear it for like uh, some of my speaking engagements um, to show people that no matter where you come from, all you have to do is believe. And uh, if you believe and you work extremely hard and you're dedicated and you hold yourself accountable to the little things, that everything that you want will come to you. And um, I'm just a true testament of an undrafted trial free agent guy that came out of Troy that has been able to live out his dream. And I'm super thankful. I'm, I'm super blessed. And uh, I'm looking, to for, looking forward to do it one more time. Absolutely. And, you know, you were in that locker room around Tom Brady, around Bruce Arians. Obviously, people see on the outside what Bruce built in terms of that coaching staff and, you know, the message of, hey, you know, it's family and then football and all of those things. Did you ever witness any acrimony or stress or conflict between Bruce and Tom? Because from the outside, it looks like Bruce stepped away to set Todd Bowles up for success. But that hasn't stopped the conspiracy theories from flying from the moment that Tom came back and ultimately Bruce stepped up to the front office. Uh, to be honest, I never seen anything like that. I just thought they always, always all, what I know of is they have a great relationship. They always laughing and, you know, Tom is always first to Bruce meetings. Um, uh, but even when he comes in, like they would be doing quarterback stuff, he would come in and Bruce was always laughing with him. But because Bruce, Bruce Aarons, his, his BA has been the exact same to everybody. You know, he, he's a lovable man. Like he, he, he believes family first, then football second. And uh, Tom is the same way. He, he understands the sacrifice that you have to make for the game um, because he's making them every single day. But I've never seen any type of animosity or any hard feelings between each other. Um, it, it's, to me, the relationship that they have, is, like I said, it's, for me, it's just a blessing to have those two caliber guys to work together to do something very special with their first year together. And that, that that was amazing. Like I think it needed to be more credit about that. First year in Tampa and uh, um, them the together. system, new coach, all of those things. First time right. working together. And they win a Super Bowl together. And then they, they turn around the next year, they do great numbers again together. So that's what it needed to be. The more the talk it needed to be about, not about, the, not about anything other than that, because that's all I ever seen. I've seen it. It's always been since I was in Pittsburgh with BA. It's always been family, family, family. 
and that's how it is there. No, and that, that was kind of my big takeaway from it. And B.A. has his press conference where he announces the move, and there's Tom sitting in the front row. You know, you'd have to be diabolical to force a guy like B.A. out of that role and then show up at the press conference and look him in the eye if you had anything to do with it. But, you know, Bruce hands it off to Todd Bowles, and you've been around him for a long time uh, in Pittsburgh, again in Tampa Bay. And I felt that his second chance was really long overdue, especially what you guys were able to do in that Super Bowl year. What about Todd Bowles from a player's perspective makes him a great fit for the Tampa job? Uh, man, like I always tell him, man, it's not just about what he do on the field. It's really easy to talk about what he do on the field. But the things that's really important is the things that he talked to us about life that's off the field. So it, it's, I feel like he was, he was a head coach in waiting. And um, yeah. he could have been in any other job, but he has groomed so many young men, um, older men, to be better, better husbands and better fathers just in life. And it helps us to be even better on the football field. So, like, how I see it is, Coach Bowles been a head coach. He was just, he was just like the head coach behind BA. He was like the head coach of the defense. And uh, – Coach Bowles is absolutely an amazing man, an amazing man. Um, he 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 always was one of those guys. He's that guy that he would take the blame first. Anything was to happen, even it could be one of our faults, he would take the blame. And just to see that, he would always step up to the plate. And it was my fault. It's not the guy's fault. It's my fault. And when I would see that, it, like, it helps you take on take on that responsibility or that accountability or that, that extra dedication to whatever it is you step up and be a man about it and and you answer to it. Um, like I said, I love Todd Bowles to death. I played for him. I played for him in uh, New York and then being able to play up under him um, in Tampa was just absolutely amazing. Um, he's, it's nothing shorter than greatness when you're around Coach Bowles. And that's what he wants every single day. That's what he's going to get from you every single day. And that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like every single day. So I, I just I love Coach Bowles and everything that he's he's there for. Have you seen him grow in any aspect as a coach from your time in the, with the Jets? I know you played for him in New York and then you played for him again in Tampa Bay. Is there an area where you've seen him maybe grow or get even better from that first time around as a head coach? I, I mean, he was he was really great in um, New York. I mean, just the difference was like, I man, he had, we had way more talent in Tampa, way more yeah. talent, and uh, and, and it's no knock on Jets. It was just like, man, he was able to see his wrongs. He admitted to his wrong. He moved on from him. Um, just like I tell everybody, that that game plan that we had for the Super Bowl, it was like he they had that the whole defensive staff came and put like I feel like it was like a masterpiece. And um, he told us something. This game shouldn't even be close. And I had told the guy, I said, this game shouldn't even be close. And that's all I kept saying. This game is not even going to be close. And not trying to brag or anything. It was just, man, he had something for the D-line. He had something for the linebackers. He had something for the secondary. And it was just like everything was working on one accord. And it it was just such an amazing feeling. Just looking at the game plan that first week when he presented it. Just looking at all week and looking at it the second week. And it was just like, man, this. You, you knew you guys were going to shut them down. You knew you'd have Patrick Mahomes running for his I, life, right? I, I, me personally, I, I was like, this is one of the, the greatest game plans that you can ever put together. And it's, ever since then, he's he only getting better and better each, each week. 
even throughout the season. Like you would look at a game plan, you would be like, goodness gracious, like how do we come up with this? But that's that's Coach Bowles. Like that's how him and his staff works. They always figure out a way to be better, be more. And it's just amazing to be a part of. And, you know, to me, one of the great blemishes on the NFL, at least over the last couple of decades, is the fact that there's only six minority head coaches in the NFL. And, you know, you've played for two of them. You've played for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. You played for Todd Bowles, obviously, two different places. What sets them apart? What makes them special? And what makes them, especially a guy like Mike Tomlin, have the kind of longevity and success that he's had for almost two decades? I just, I just, just it's how they, they've come about their work. Yeah. Um, they understand what's, what's more important and that's family first. And they understand uh, the business. They understand what they need to do. They understand what it looks like to win. Um, for me, I, just thought, I think both of the guys are extremely intelligent guys. Um, they're extremely intelligent men, um, not just in football field, but in life. Um, so I think those things would, would help carry over into football. Um, other than that, I just feel like their preparation is before, like, I know Coach Tumlin used to come in extremely early. I know Coach Bowles would come in extremely early. And I know Coach Tumlin, he, he, had, he didn't have many rules. Coach Bowles the same way, didn't have many rules. And um, they both, their rules pretty much were the same. Take the field. And you knew in that alone that what that meant. When you take the field, you step on the field, you're on the field, you own the field. And they they really teach you the true meaning of how to stay focused. Um, they teach you the true meaning, meaning of how to be driven. And they teach you the true meaning to understand that you have one life to live inside this game and the life outside of it. And they teach you those things. So for me, it's just simple. It's very simple to play for them because they're teaching me so much about life that I can take from the game into life when I'm finished. So and they yeah. got yeah, and, and you're a free agent. You've been in the league for 12 years. How hungry are you to get out there and prove that you can still play at a really high level and contribute to a team? And, and, and that's going to, like, this is, the, I, the, I just been, it was made my 13th year. If I end up playing it this year, it'll be 14 because my first year was on practice squad. Right. But it's not just that, it's just, uh, it's just a hunger. I mean, it's just something that's me, like, because I always believe a hungry person gets full. So I never say that I'm hungry. But for me, it's the, it's the driven, the driven in me. That that's something inside me that drives me to keep going over and over and over and over and over and over. And even when I get low on fuel, I feel back up. I feel back up with the game. I feel back up with the rest. I feel back up with everything that I need. And it's not just about proving anybody wrong. It's about proving myself right. And uh, for me to play one more year, it would be absolutely amazing. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing one more year. Um, and it would be absolutely amazing. But like I said, I understand everything that happens in life. Um, I'm well prepared for life, but I'm well prepared for this upcoming season as well. Um, like I said, I'm extremely blessed. I came a long way and uh, I, I have fun absolutely every single day with my, I, I love the process. I understand the journey. I understand what it takes. I understand it gets exhausting at times, but I know how to stay focused. I know how to be driven because I understand that I have one life in this game and outside this game. It's easy to see why that Super Bowl ring gets some air at motivational speaking events. You know, you, you certainly come in the room and you have the right attitude about your career and your life. You know, looking forward to what would be your 14th year, 
is there a situation that you're hoping to land in, you know, a, a situation that you'd be looking for as you look ahead to, to another year? Uh, man, I just, like I said, it's, it's all about proving myself right, that I could play, uh, um, knowing that I can do it, but it's just something that I, I wanted to do. It'll make me play. It had to be 14 years in the NFL. It's just for me, it's just, it's just a, the ultimate drive. Um, I feel like it's unfinished business for me. I feel like it's unfinished business. I feel like it's an opportunity to win another Super Bowl. And I would love to do it here in Tampa. Um, if not here in Tampa, I would love to be on a, a team that can contend um, for a Super Bowl because that's what it's about. That's one reason why I play this game, to win championships. And uh, it would be absolutely amazing. Um, I know I have enough. I know I have a lot. And I, like I said, I'm willing to work and do whatever it takes to, to be a part of an organization that can help compete, um, help contend for another ring. And the Buccaneers, they have some young defensive playmakers. We've seen it over the last couple of years come into their own. Can you tell us from being in that locker room who maybe is a guy who's ready to be that breakout star on that defense? And I think he's already a breakout star. I mean, get live 45 is already a breakout star. Um, Antoine Winfield, they're breakout stars. And all, the, all the young guys are just breakout stars already. So I don't, it's not just one individual, but I think, uh, I think Joe Tryon is, is going to be an amazing player for a long time. He has all the tangibles. He has it all. I mean, he has speed, he has strength, he has size, he has height, he has length. Um, and not only that, what we call in the locker room, he has that dog in him. And um, that's the mentality. His mindset is different. Uh, and one day I had a conversation with him. I said, what are you chasing? Um, he said, man, Steve, I'm chasing to be a legendary. I'm chasing to be a legend. Um, and he's like, man, I want to be a Hall of Fame when I walk up out of this building. I said, man, that's what you singly focus on. Focus on that and nothing alone. I said, man, you're going to have adverse situation. You're gonna, that's the reason why the acronym for hard is how adversity remembers destiny. Um, just understand when, the, when, when life gets hard, just like your adversity remembers your destiny, you have to remember it. And that's the reason why they call it hard. Um, so for, that's my definition of hard. Uh, so like I always told, I told him that they don't, I said, singly focus on what you want to accomplish. Do it with inside the team, be an ultimate team player, and uh, just put your best foot forward, stay focused, stay driven, and understand that you have one life. Steve, tell me about your community outreach that I know you're so involved in, especially down there in the Tampa area, and everything about your team MVP mission. So uh, down here in Tampa, like, it's, more, it's mostly focused on one of my teammates, uh, Will Ghoston. He's um, man, one, one of the most amazing men that I have I met down here in Tampa. I mean, a lot of these guys on this team is, is extremely amazing to be around. But Will, for me, was one of the guys that anything that he touched, I told him, man, he, he's going to be successful at it because his heart, his heart is so genuine. Um, Will would literally give you the clothes off his back, the shoes off his feet. Um, he would give you anything he had. He would give his last for someone. So to, to see how big his heart is, every every event that he has, um, I try to make it to him. I try to make it to him. And he does he does a lot with like cancer research. Um, he gave out, I, I, I feel like he gave out over 2,000 turkeys this year. Not only just turkeys, but like dinners. Um, then we also uh, partner as a defensive line to feed families for a week out of each month. 
um, for like I think it's like a year or two, something like that. And for me, it's just it's Will Ghost's uh, thing here in Tampa, and I'm 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 just I'm just one of the coattails. I'm just a follower. But uh, in Georgia, I own a I own a gym called Team MVP. I'm currently building my second facility right now. Um, I've heard there's another facility in the books. Tell, tell me what you got uh, coming down the pipeline at the new facility. Uh, so it's a 30,000 square foot gym. Um, so along with the one that I have now is 10,000. So it'll be total 40,000 square feet. Um, we have an NBA. Um, we have a 50, we have a 50 by 53. So half football field, um, same length going across. Um, we have like, we have a state of the art. We have a training facility. Uh, like a, a rehab center going in, or, or we 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 have like a recovery recovery room um, for like not just athletes but for everyone that really actually needs it. Um, uh, we'll also have like a state of the art salon um, to, to like spa to, to grooming. Um, man, I, me me personally, and and like we're we're building a brand with uh, with So Fresh and uh, one of my other chefs. Um, we call Chef Hindu for our meal packages deals with uh with with clients. Um, for me, it's like I said, I'm, I'll, and the biggest thing for me is the youth. So what I what I what I done for the youth is I built in a uh, I built in a, a tutor center. So like I have inside that that we'll be able to tutor kids up to like ten kids per hour um, inside this room. And um, for me, it was something special because. Education is number one, but also within within side education, I want to be able to teach these kids life skills. Um, like I have I have all type of recovery, but my biggest my biggest thing that I, I enjoy the most is having having a room for the youth to, to tutor them to help them. Um, that's like that's where my heart is at to to reach one to teach one, and uh, in order in order for me to reach somebody new, I would have to teach someone that see that someone else sees and they'll come to me. Um, I'm, I'm very active at like all sport and events. So I'm always around like these kids. Uh, also my kids play, they play football, lacrosse, basketball. Um, I have kids that play soccer, but my passion has always been the youth. And I just want to be that, that, that help, that what they call that big brother, uh, that, that father figure, that ultimate role model to change their lives. Um, give them something that I had and some some of the things that I didn't have. Um, I didn't have no facility growing up to train in. I didn't have a place that I can go to to get tutored in. Um, but I do know this, I'm able to do, make a change. And the way that I make a change is, is literally giving them all my all. Like I told the kids the other day, I said, I'm invested into y'all. I love y'all. So with that being said, I'm going to be there. I know sometimes it, seems dark. I know sometimes it seems like no one cares, but I want to, I give these kids my personal phone. I'm like, man, you pick up the phone, you call me because I don't want these kids to get into a situation that they feel like they have no one to talk to, especially young males. Um, mental health for me is huge because so many guys in the NFL deals with it, but they never tell anyone. Right. So what I realized is I need to, we need to start this now. And how we started now, I started with the kids. So I'm really having conversations about mental health with five-year-olds. Um, and and it's, it's different ways to break it down from five all the way to 18. And from probably from 18 to, I don't have some guys up to 35 and I'm 36 years old. 
that I'm I'm steady I'm steady like mentoring me and I have a mentor. Um, I have have my I have my two doctors that help me. I have my pastor that help me. So I have some great people in my corner. So I want to give back what has been a portion that has been given to me. So I'm giving it all my all into the gym. Um, I yes I love to train. But like I said, my, my biggest thing is I want to see people succeed in any shape, form of life. It don't have to be sports. And like you could be an engineer or you can just drive trucks, whatever it is. I want you to put your best at it. And I want to be there for you. I want to support you. I want you to understand that I believe in you and I love you. Everybody needs great people in their corner. And it sounds like you're a winner in the corner for an entire generation, or at least you're trying to be. And I think that's really commendable. Steve, how do people find out more? Uh, so right now, you can. Um, I'm actually we 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 redoing our um, our website, and but right now everybody can find me on IG as Team MVP uh, Gym at Team MVP Gym um, is in Flowery Branch, Georgia. I, I just say this: I don't have no big marketing scheme for myself. I don't, I don't. I always say just come in, give me a try, and you will see. I'm in the business of helping change lives. I always tell them, I want nothing from you. I just want to see you succeed. I live by a code, and I've been talking about it pretty much the whole this whole time. Um, I live by a code, and my code was called the Focus Driven Life. Like my whole name of my gym is an acronym. Team MVP stands for, and, and I'm gonna get to the, my code. Team MVP stands for Together Everyone Achieves More. That's what team stands for. Then MVP stands for McClendon Vision Performance. Um, with inside that MVP is the three words, which is the code that I live by called the Focus Driven Life Code. And focus means follow one course into successful. Driven means dreams remain in vision every day and night. And life means live in faith every day. And I always say, I can't tell you what to believe in. I know what I believe in. I know my faith lies. And, but you have to believe in something. So why not believe in yourself? Why not have faith in yourself that you can accomplish absolutely anything? Because it ultimately, if you focus on your, if you if you focus on your driven, your driven will become your life. Love it. Great words to live by. He's Steve McClendon. You can follow him on Twitter at Steve McClendon96 has been fantastic. It's been insightful. And certainly, you know, we're proud of what you're building there and looking to see what's coming up down the line. Steve, appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you further up the road, my friend. I appreciate you having me. What an outstanding conversation with Steve McClendon. Thanks again to Steve for dropping by, not just for the insight on what makes Todd Bowles such a special head coach in waiting, not just for a peek behind the curtain of what the last 24 months or so have been like in Tampa Bay, everything that's going on with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, or what hasn't, and of course winning the Super Bowl during that span, but I'm just really impressed by what he's building off the field, what he's building away from the game. That's the stuff that legacies are made of. That's the stuff that keeps you relevant. That's the stuff that people remember about you and what defines you in a spectrum that's far larger, far greater, far more important than the game of football. So that was a lot of fun. Make sure you follow Steve on Twitter at Steve McClendon 96. On the other side, I'll fill you in on how I think the first 10 picks of the NFL draft are going to play out next, right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, inside fan-sided Stack in the Box podcast feed. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know. Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know. A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. 
Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back in. Once again, I really enjoyed the conversation with Steve McClendon. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter, at Steve McClendon 96 doing great things in the community. Some team is going to wind up getting a really high-impact veteran leader as free agency hits its second or third wave, which we're in now. But looking ahead, the NFL draft is right around the corner, just 19 days away from today. And I figured this was a good chance to take a quick stab at a top 10 mock draft, how I think the top 10 picks in the NFL draft are going to play out. And let's just start at the number one overall pick. I have Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars because I think the Jaguars, in fact, I know... Jacksonville set out to be big spenders in free agency along the trenches, which they did. They did it early in free agency. They also franchised Cam Robinson. And if the draft were today, I think you could put five or six names into a hat in terms of who could wind up being the number one overall pick. And you'd have a decent chance of being right no matter who you pulled out of that hat. But if I know Doug Peterson and they've spent a lot of their resources on offseason, and I know that I have to go up against, if I'm Doug, the Titans twice a year. You have to go up against Matt Ryan twice per season in a conference where you're facing seven to eight all-pro caliber quarterbacks every year. You need to pressure those quarterbacks. Aiden Hutchinson is the pick here. Executives I talk to feel pretty strongly that there's a big delta between Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and the rest of the edge rushers in this year's class. And edge rusher happens to be the biggest need for the Jaguars. I think they go with Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan with the number one overall pick. Number two, the Detroit Lions. I could see this being a little bit of a surprise. I could see the Lions going Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, because people might think this is a little high for Hamilton to go, and maybe it is, but it's very rare that a safety prospect enters the draft at his size, who has his instincts, and who has his range and coverage, and the Lions have shown that they've not been afraid of taking a defensive back high in the NFL draft before, and I think they do it again here to drop an immediate high-impact starter into their secondary. I had a scout tell me a couple weeks ago he thought Hamilton has the potential and the skill set to be the number one overall pick. And an executive I trust told me that teams don't look at his 40 time. They're not scared away by the workout at the combine or the number that he posted at his pro day because they see what he did on the field and they see his vision, his instincts, his range are second to none. He's an immediate playmaker that teams will line up to get in this draft and the Lions wind up getting him. Number three, another defensive back. So kind of a mini run on defensive backs at the top of the board. I have the Texans taking Sauce Gardner. Gardner is the best cornerback in this draft. He's a legitimate ball hawk and he'd immediately make the Texans secondary a little bit more respectable. Gardner would arrive at six foot three, 33 and a half inch arms, so he has the length that defensive coordinators covet, and he's the exact kind of player that Lovey Smith likes to build a defense around. Number four, the Jets go Evan Neal. And you know, really quietly, I think that Joe Douglas has had one of the better off-seasons of any GM across the NFL, and they've done just about everything they can to support Zach Wilson and set him up for success as he enters his second season as an NFL quarterback. Now it comes down to protecting him. And the Jets still believe in Mekhi Becton. You talk to people around the league, they still think Becton can be a top five or top ten offensive tackle in the NFL. And now with the number four overall pick, the Jets get to drop the best tackle in this year's class on the other side of him. And I think they do it. I think they go with Evan Neal, and they feel really good about that pick in East Rutherford. 
their MetLife Stadium neighbors, the Giants. This is where I think Kayvon Thibodeau's slide ends, if you want to call it that. Because Thibodeau's an explosive playmaker off the edge. He has a vast repertoire of pass rush moves. And the Giants are a team who they don't have a lot of big playmakers on either side of the football. They have some young players, but I don't know that you would say that they're foundational building blocks. They're also a team who didn't spend much in free agency because they couldn't. But here in Thibodeau, they get the opportunity to draft a blue chip pass rusher, a really exciting young player, and they pair him opposite of Aziz Ojolari, who people in the building are really excited about. And they suddenly, in Wink Martindale's defense, have a pair of really young, really gifted pass rushers with a lot of upside. And I think the Giants would do backflips. They do cartwheels if Kayvon Thibodeau is still on the board when they go on the clock. Number six, Carolina. The Panthers are just desperate for a quarterback. I don't care what Sam Darnold says. He hasn't proven to be a high-end quarterback in the National Football League. If anything, his career has shown that he's the exact opposite. So I think the Panthers here at number six, assuming a team like the Falcons don't jump up ahead of them to pick number four or pick number five to go up and get a quarterback, I think the Panthers sit tight at number six. I think you take Kenny Pickett. Carolina wasn't able to pry away one of the veterans in the trade market. So they get a quarterback in Pickett who originally committed to Matt Rule when Rule was the head coach at Temple. And I have a hard time believing that Rule wouldn't jump at the opportunity to take him here and perhaps restart the clock on his own tenure as the Panthers head coach. Number seven, the Giants go back on the clock with their second top 10 pick. And I have them going Eka McQuanu, the offensive tackle out of NC State. Listen, the Bills didn't take an offensive tackle in round one or round two during Joe Shane's tenure in Buffalo, but these are desperate times in East Rutherford. And Iquanu is a dominant road grader in the running game. He's athletic in the passing game. And the Giants now have the opportunity to drop him in as a bookend to Andrew Thomas, who they took number four overall a couple of years ago. And if the Giants come out of this first round with Kayvon Thibodeau and Eka McQuanu, I've got to think that's about as close to their ideal scenario as they could draw up or ask for. So I have the Giants going with Eka McQuanu at number seven. At number eight, the Falcons, Malik Willis. I know they added Marcus Mariota. I just don't think that Mariota is anything more than a placeholder for a young quarterback. And again, there's a very real chance that the Falcons trade up. That if there's one team in round one who would be aggressive enough to go and get a quarterback to get their quarterback, who they covet, it's the Falcons. But in this scenario, they don't have to. They get Malik Willis, and Willis is their preferred passer from everybody that I've talked to. You listen to people who were in Mobile during the Senior Bowl. You talk to scouts who were at his pro day at Liberty. People see him as the number one quarterback in this year's class. Mariota's a strong bridge quarterback. He has a great relationship with Arthur Smith, who was with him in Tennessee. And you look at this scenario... Mariota can be the quarterback until Smith believes that Willis is ready to be the starter, but at pick number eight, the Falcons get not only their preferred quarterback in this year's class, but their potential successor to Matt Ryan and their next franchise quarterback. I think if he's still there and they didn't make a trade, I think the Falcons would run the card to the commissioner to make the pick. Number nine, the Seattle Seahawks, they're going to look a lot different without Russell Wilson. I tend to believe that this talk of them shopping DK Metcalf, I don't 
believe that to be the case. I know that you're seeing teams pay a premium for wide receivers around the NFL. You're looking at young guys like Stefan Diggs sign an extension. You look at the deal that Devontae Adams got from the Raiders. You look at what the Jaguars did for Zay Jones and Christian Kirk especially. I don't understand where this is coming from, that the Seahawks would trade DK Metcalf, who is a top 10 wide receiver, one of the five or so young gifted players at the position, and a legitimate matchup nightmare, they have the cap space to extend him. If anything, Seattle has to address the offensive line. They have to. This has been a dire need for them for the last several years. I think they do it at number nine, and they take Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. If there's one thing they need, it's offensive line help, and Cross is widely viewed as one of the top three offensive tackles, and now... He lands, at least in this mock draft, with the Seahawks as a potential anchor protecting Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever winds up being the Seahawks quarterback this year and beyond. And rounding out the top 10, the Jets for their second top 10 pick. This is an easy one for me. It's a slam dunk. It's Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. This offseason, as we talked about, was all about setting Zach Wilson up for immediate success. And the Jets wind up snagging arguably the number one wide receiver in a historically deep wide receiver draft class. Joe Douglas isn't stupid. He looks around, he sees what's happening at the wide receiver market, and you have to realize if you have a young quarterback and you want to pair him with a young wide receiver and you don't want to pay through the nose, if you don't want to set yourself up into salary cap hell in the next couple of years, you got to draft one. And the Jets take the best of the bunch with Garrett Wilson, a speedster with size and reliable hands, Wilson, the quarterback, would probably do backflips if Wilson, the wide receiver, lines up in his repertoire. So that's my top 10 as I see it standing here. I think between now and the NFL draft getting underway, it's bound to change. It's bound to look different. We'll revisit some of these picks. We hear more speculation and more info and more intel coming out of these war rooms as the draft approaches. But that's just about all the time we have this week. As always, thanks to Fanside, it's Cole Thompson who is instrumental in producing this podcast and getting it up and running each and every week. Thanks to Steve McClendon for dropping by. really enjoyed that conversation. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and follow me on Twitter at MattLombardoNFL. Subscribe to Stacking the Box in the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud, all of your podcast platforms. Check us out on YouTube. And of course, if you enjoy this pod, specifically please leave a five-star review in the apple podcast store for stacking the box and mention the matt lombardo show i'd really appreciate it and would help grow the show we're one friday closer to the nfl draft getting underway i'll talk to you next week Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. 
Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.